Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Retro Anime Podcast. I'm your host Ian and as always I'm here with my co-host Lewis. Hello Lewis. Hello. How are we doing? Very well, thank you very well. Yes indeed. So we're recording this a little bit later than we, we published. Again, work and life and everything just kind of getting in the way a bit. Of as, as usual, seems to be the story of this year really. Yeah, um, indeed. But as we normally say, here we are. We are actually recording. So we'll get w- one more episode out before the end of the year. And then. Uh... And boy, is it a treat because it's just fresh, hot garbage. <laughs> yeah, so we'll get into that a, a bit more in a minute. Uh, so a few things to talk about. Uh, as we said on our last episode, we uh, went to Scotland Loves Anime in Edinburgh. Uh, it was a really, really good festival. As we said, we've been talking about going for a while, and we finally went this year, so uh, it was mm. it was really mm. good. So we watched some really good anime. We met Professor Irony, who did our our new logo. I had a good chat with him on Friday night in the bar at the Picture House. Yeah, met some listeners. Um, yeah, great bloke, uh, great artist. So please, if you want some commissions or logos or anything, check him out on um, at Antihero on Twitter, Antihero Art. We had a long chat with Jonathan Clements as well on Saturday we afternoon. Did. Um, he did, yeah. Always wanted to meet him. Been following him for what seems like a very, very long time now since he was editing Manga Mania or writing for Manga Mania back in the mid nineties. So um, yeah, we had a we had a really good chat with him. Actually, absolutely sound bloke. Yeah, spent a good hour with him, I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think he got through about half a pack of cigarettes in the time we were <laughs> talking with him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did a very fascinating Q&A after Blam with the yeah, producer, Jack. Um, yeah, it was really, really interesting. It was quite fascinating. So, yeah, it was a really, really awesome festival, actually. I wholeheartedly recommend anyone to go to that. Um, some really good stuff. Really enjoyed Cyber City Oedo. Had the classic over-the-top Mangy UK dub, which was still as hilarious. Well, it's just hilarious now. We kind of took it seriously back in the mid-90s, but... Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? It was, it was funny. But do you know what? As an OVA, yeah, yeah, the audience lapped it up. It was really good. Yeah. But you know, I still think actually that's held up really well. Um, Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. For it still to get the last and like it still be, yeah. If you look at it as a satire piece, uh, then yeah, hundred percent, it's it's flawless. Yeah. (laughs) But I still think actually as an OVA, I think it's, I think it stood up quite well. I mean, I haven't seen it dubbed for a long, long time, but yeah, fantastic. They really, really was massively entertaining so uh, yeah they're all in case stories and they're, they're yeah. presented in the exact way you'd expect them to be presented and they're good they're yeah. solid yeah they tie up they, they don't have any loose ends they just tie them up yeah yeah it was really good so today we're going to talk about another couple of uh, 80s ovas uh babby stock uh something i first watched a few years ago when a fan sub first became available of it and then explorer woman ray um i first saw this on vhs in the late 90s because it came out on vhs it was released by cpm in the 90s so i think i may have seen a copy of the cpm release but it was 20 years ago at least so i can't remember so it's been a long time since i've since i've seen this again for you lewis these are your first viewings of these aren't they (laughs) Yes, they are indeed, and they <laughs> shall be the last. <laughs> right, let's get into the reviews. Mm-hmm. 
Babystock. So Babystock is a two-episode OVA from 1985, directed by Shigenori Kagiyama and was produced by Studio Unicorn, Studio Giants and Konami Production. Shigenori Kagiyama is someone we've talked about before on this podcast as he directed episode three of Dream Dimension Hunter Fandora. He's actually quite, uh, he's been quite a busy guy through the 80s and 90s, did a lot of storyboard work for various studios and he directed a few OVAs and TV series such as Mask of Z Guy, Queen's Blade and High Speed Jesse which actually I watched in the last couple of weeks and is absolutely fantastic and at some point we will definitely review that because I absolutely loved it. One of the best things I've watched in the last few years so we will definitely do a deep dive into that. He's still quite busy in the industry. Um, he still has credits right up until uh, the last couple of years. The OVA is based on a novel by Kenji Terada, and, and it's something that's never been licensed in the West as far I can see. No VHS releases 20-odd years ago or anything. Certainly doesn't appear to be. Um, I think it was a, there's a Laserdisc release, but I can't find a Japanese DVD release either. Brief synopsis, GPP officer Kate rescues Moonma and Bavi as they're pursued by Lady Lusmila and her henchman Eisman, who are both powerful espers from the Bentika Empire who are trying to get Moonma back. So, Lou, what do you I think mean, of Bavi's stock? I mean, can you really give it a synopsis? Because it, has not, it hasn't got a story. No, and literally that's why I've written a sentence for it. Uh, yeah. There's no synopsis on Anime News Network, so well, I think... I've, I've found one. Oh, really? Yeah. I've, shall I read it out? Go on, go for it. It says, The universe has fallen under the cruel military rule of the de- uh, despotic Ventica Empire. However, a rebel police state and planet known as the GPP have discovered the existence of a little girl named Muma uh, that could well hold the key to bring down the Ventica Empire once and for all. Despite her frightening potential, Moomer is suffering from memory loss and incarcerated in a maximum security prison. Charged with the assignment of busting Moomer out and protecting her, the GPP send one of their most hardened elite, Agent Kate. Uh, uh, well, that explains about five minutes of it. Um. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like you don't. There's no world building. No. So basically, no. someone's gone and gone. Right. Okay. So there, there's different state planets, right? Because yeah. there's floating islands. So they basically whoever's written up this time synopsis. I'm not sure if they're credited here. Yeah, like, whoever's written it up has had to go and basically decipher it from the entire first episode, because the second episode just throws it out the window anyway. Yeah, yeah, and do you know, that's, you know, the first thing I've written down here in my notes is episode one is pretty good, and episode episode two is quite bad and feels almost like a completely separate story. Yeah. Which is kind of how it is, because, you know, episode one, I think, is all right. Yeah. Ah, I think it's alright I think it's got a great opening scene where Kate rescues Moomer mm-hmm. and escapes Liz Miller I think I think it sets it up well it's quite interesting it's got these quirky things it's got lots of fish that appear to be just floating in midair and blowing bubbles even though they're not in water you yeah. know the whole chase scene in that I think is I think is quite good you know it gets the, all... the world building ends there doesn't it but it does really? end there yeah yeah um, it's because you get introduced yeah. to Lus Miller and Eisman in that whole maybe first six or seven minutes, but then it does kind of sort of run out of steam a bit there because Lus Miller she goes and rescues um, Bavi, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's this sort of scene. I mean, the main bit of it is this race scene on on another sort of floating. Yeah. Planet and bit in there. The issue there, the issue there is that's the penultimate scene. Yeah. Um, and it's 30 minutes in. So then you've got 15 minutes of fluff uh, for the ending as well. But like the problem is, none of it made sense. Like no. there was no reason to no. go there. There was like that. No one seemed even the slightest bit bloody bothered no. when the entire GPP home play is wiped out. Yeah, is obliterated. Yeah, and even though like they've, she's clearly got this high value target. Yeah, bloody. Uh, um, What's her name? Luma. Uh, uh, Luma and her um, her supporting android uh, are more than happy just to throw that out the window. And it's just it's just ridiculous. So like, I think at the problem at the end of the first episode is you never really understand Luma's backstory and why Luz Miller has imprisoned her, mm-hmm. and you never understand why Kate had to get Babby out of prison. And you yeah. never understand the significance of the tattoo on Moomer's arm. No. You know, so it kind of leaves it. So there's an episode two. So mm-hmm. you're like, because I think they were about six months apart in release. Yeah. But then episode two goes off on, a comp- tells a completely different story that doesn't actually tie up anything that happened <laughs> and, in episode one. And replaces the main character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, I actually looked it up because I was like, I was like, they must have been created years apart. It's like they completely forgot the story um, that they were setting up. Uh, and I think from the first episode, the problem is like, I what it would have benefited from is if it had ended with them busting uh, Barbie out of out of prison. It should have ended that yeah. like the forty-five minutes should have ended when with an epic prison break. Yeah. Because then you're like, right, we've finally got all the. Because you're, because you're, you then, at, at, you could have had more world building. By 30 minutes, you would have had them, you know, having that the character highs where they're about to reach the PPP home planet and yeah. everything's going to be hunky dory for for Muma, who's now going to have a whole new family and like we're going to find a way to tear down this the, these um, empire uh, bastards. Yeah. And um. And then you could have like, oh, that whole like the the really low point for the characters would then be when the BPP homeworld is destroyed, but they all just brush over it. Yeah, and it's like, and it's and then it just takes you to like, they're like, oh, bloody hell, our home planet's destroyed. All the people we know and love are dead. But boy, there's some pod racing, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> well, because I think because it kind of builds up the the GPP bit because Kate's talking to her sergeant or captain or whatever. Yeah. And the fact that he's obliterated and not there anymore, kind of like, oh well, they're not yeah, there she's anymore. Just like, oh bugger. Well, I yeah. guess there's nothing else to do than go pod racing, guys. <laughs> Let's go win that money. <laughs> so yeah, because then say episode two, Lus Miller is imprisoned. No explanation why. She's just imprisoned yeah. in this spirit world. Yeah, I guess um, sucked through a turbine, and that appears to be a black hole into a. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that's another thing, because you know, that whole pod race bit um, is quite predictable, because there's the turbine, and Moomer's and sort of touching the lever, and he's like, don't touch it. And it's like, well, you know that's going to come into play later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm okay I'm, with that. Like, I'll let that slide, because, you know, you, there's loads of movies will just assign that plot device. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's through, it's, it is, 
it does make sense through the fact that Moomin, uh, Moomin, uh, that Mooma is after, you know, touching it because she's like this childlike, yeah, uh, yeah. inquisitiveness. And that's, that's one thing that really bothers me. That's one thing that really bothers me is that when she's depicted and animated and in the entry scene as a small child, right? Yeah. And then Barbie's like that older brother character yeah. to her. And like she's so she's got this childlike inquisitiveness because she's yeah. a mute and everything else. So she, everything she does it has to be a motive. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, so she does that, and he's like, "Hey, don't touch that, yeah, damn kid, get off my lawn," sort of yeah. thing. From like this plot device, get off my plot device. Um, <laughs> and then in the second episode, it's like, actually, we kind of want Barbie to, you know, sort of want to, you know, yeah, marry. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. It's just like, come again? She's yeah, a honestly- child. Yeah. So they just completely reanimated Barbie to make him more childlike yeah, like, and bigger yeah. eyes and not as as brutish as he was, like this prisoner. It's just ridiculous. Because it honestly feels like it was written and directed by two different people, do two different studios, because the animation in episode one is actually really nice. Yeah, it is. It's, really, it's really clean, there's loads of detail, there's loads of, sort of fluid movement. And then yeah. episode two feels like this fuzzy... Saturday morning cartoon type thing. Yeah, low budget. Yeah, because the other thing that's really weird, like I say, it's really different tone in episode two, and then you get you get the introduction of like the mascot robot in episode two as well, which was you know it's yeah, very because uh... it was very a very popular thing at the time in the late seventies and eighties. You know, you had um, Haro from Gundam, the, um, yeah. Lensman had a robot, then you had like live action stuff, Buck Rogers and Battlestar Galactica had. You know, mascot robots and stuff yeah. as well. Well, Harrow made sense. Let's yeah. just Harrow made sense to me and everyone actually, because everyone yeah. loved Harrow. They were like, yeah. "That's a mascot robot." This little thing was a monstrosity. Yeah, I know. It's like Ducktales had been taken apart, and and they were like, "How can we make this this poor little duck into a robot?" Yeah, because like, they just get it, and it's like, oh yeah, we've just acquired this robot, and they're like, haha, could you make us some some breakfast? And then <laughs> ten within ten seconds of that, they're already berating it like yeah. it's some sort of like massive nuisance. <laughs> yeah, it's really the weird. Is appalling. It is appalling. And then you get these furry creature sort of oh, characters as well. Oh yeah, the koala well. Ewoks. The Ewoks, yeah. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's <laughs> bizarre because it introduces a load of extra characters in episode two. Oh, yeah, just, which you don't really understand where they've come from. They don't really fit into the story. And what's the point of that other girl who just like sort of yeah. shows up out of nowhere and yeah, uh, <laughs> and she's like, "You're gonna be my husband, Barbie," and he's yeah. like, "Oh, competitive love interest. She merely exists to sort of trigger something deep within Mooma's psyche that she yeah. maybe she likes Barbie stock now." <laughs> and it's it's honestly, I hated it. Yeah. <sighs> You see, I struggle because I I quite enjoyed episode one and I really hated episode two. I'm somewhere in the middle with it. Because the other thing with episode two is the um, rip-off of um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. (laughs) And when they unleash the um, Ark of the Covenant and it kills everyone. I I mean, it's literally a scene-for-scene rip-off. And then Moomin's meant to feel bad. Yeah. It's just made to feel bad for choosing. Like, like, it's so contradictory of itself. Because they're like, we've been awakened for your love, by your love for another human being. And then it's like, and then you sided with him? You used your love to summon us, and then you sided with the one you love? How dare you? And it's like, oh. Yeah. 
Episode two, it deserves to be burnt. Every copy. Yeah. Episode one, I'm I'm willing to let go because I actually fairly enjoyed it as like a sort of like half gritty. Like I liked there was a little bit of character building in there. Yeah. Um, and like I feel like I feel like the entire world and all the characters that you were introduced to needed to have been needed to have taken up the entirety of yeah. the first OVA and the second OVA then needed to tackle the whole relationship yeah. the meaning of the like uh, the meaning of the map etc etc yeah. like that that would have been good for pacing good for character development good for action because your your action scenes for the first one would have been BPP blown up that's uh, your inciting incident past the fact that they've just rescued Muma and then you've got the the character revelations that they realize what they have to do um, and they break uh, Barbie out I understand why you have to break, break him out earlier you know that's one thing yeah. I mean they technically could have broken out barbie you could swap those two things like barbie yeah you could yeah, yeah and then like they all witness the gpp getting destroyed so that's like a whole sort of like we're in this together now yeah um yeah as a character development thing and that makes sense because then they get to that they're forced into a situation where they have to rely on each other uh but none of that is present because there's no there's no build-up no um, no and, and so at the very end of episode one where they've done it all like had this really weird fight scene <laughs> with an esper who suddenly for some reason decides that uh, maybe i won't use my esper powers Maybe I'll just sort of, sort of like play with them for a while, which you know makes sense. As you know, I'm too powerful, yeah. I'm a bit cocky, and then just like, and then the whole like, oh, I just really feel like we've been together for years. It's like, oh, stop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so episode one, I thought had a really nice mix of sci-fi and fantasy. You yeah. know, kind of Angel. a little, a little bit of world building at the beginning, but not much else. Had a good sequence of decent action sequences, which were quite enjoyable. Like I said, it's, it was nice to look at. It did the basics of establishing characters. You know, no real development. Of, you know, spunky girl lead, hot-headed guy, creepy sleaze bag, and innocent little kawaii urchin, yeah. urchin thing. Had good, if not sort of slightly cheesy, 80s Hollywood music. Uh, but it was entertaining. Yeah. But yeah. then you expected a load of stuff to kind of be explained and closed out in episode two, which it didn't. It just went off on a completely different track. <laughs> Um, so yeah so there's no story I think that is one of the fundamental things is ultimately yeah. as a two episode OVA there's actually no story in it yeah and when did suddenly Lua become all powerful yeah Since when in, in like when in the second episode like in the universe does she suddenly become a laser beam spitting yeah, super saiyan yeah like where was that power earlier I know I know none that's of a, it made sense none of it made sense and because the other thing as well was the they actually put that scene in which showed why Bavi um, went to prison, and it kind of feels like they went, you know, face slap. Oh my god, we haven't we explained why we've forgotten to explain why Bavi went to prison. Oh, we better let's just quickly chuck this, it in. Let's chuck it in in this like, how is he going to sit there in front of a load of weird little monkey creatures and go, <laughs> yeah, this reminds me of that time I murdered somebody. <laughs> It was me and 40 other men in a car park. <laughs> but being here in this forest with a few monkeys in front of me wrestling over fruit, that reminds me of my old days back when I was a murderous gangster. <laughs> and that doesn't really just tie up with his character as well. That just doesn't fit with how he's portrayed in the rest of the OVA. Especially, you know what I would have liked if the like, flashback scene was his original character design? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, being in the uh, the ship or, or in deep space has changed me fundamentally to have these <laughs> uh, 
these larger eyes now and more childlike features so that I align better with people when I inevitably am going to sink it into Moon. <laughs> yeah, I think I think if they'd added 10 minutes onto episode one and kind of closed out episode one, I think you'd have probably had a 60 minute, a good 60 minute OVA. Yeah. Yeah. And it would have been all right. And it would have been a six, seven out of 10, you know, decent hours entertainment. But no, it's two forty-five minute OVAs that just kind of nothing. Yeah. Um, is it based on the manga or true to it? Um, I don't know. It's based on a novel, based rather on than a, that's right, rather yeah. than a manga. So okay. I don't know. Um, so... the the novel came, I think, it was like eighty-three, eighty-four, from what I was researching. Oh. Um, right. so yeah, I've no idea. Couldn't find very much about the novel at all. It's one of those. Well, like I say, I mean, it just—it's one of those kind of forgotten OVAs in in you know the money time mid '80s, loads of money sloshing about. Oh, I want to make some drivel. Um, yeah, yeah, like know. just injections of cash going into anything that might work. You know, which actually, given sort of the other stuff that Kagiyama had done, like I say, A Mask of Zagai is kind of okay. I remember watching that a long time ago. Dream Dimension Hunter Fandora episode three was kind of an okay episode. I mean, High Speed Jesse, which came four years after this, or maybe sort of three and a bit after the end of episode two. I mean, this is fantastic. So, I mean, the guy had some talent, you know. Mm. Um, I'd say in episode one isn't terrible. I mean, uh, there must have been some other external influences that, that created that shift. Between yeah, there must have been someone stepping in and going, actually... You know, because it is a, a massive... Ch- it's just a, such a massive drop in quality from episode one to two. In everything... Well. It's just, yeah, it's weird. I mean, I don't, I, I struggle to work out how to score it, really, because... I think you do it episode by episode, no? Yeah. And then you, I think we'll do it episode by episode, and then an overall, when they, when you pair them together as a complete story. So, I mean, I'd say episode one's probably like a seven, and episode two's maybe a two, and then in between, there's a, it's like a five, it's, I don't know, even that sounds too high. Because that would say actually go and watch episode two, and I can't recommend. That would it. say it's bang, slap bang in the middle of average. Like that's, that's it can't be real. I mean, it might have to. Yeah, it's it's got a bit. I mean, episode two drags it down to like a three or four overall, I think, because it's terrible. I think episode one for me is a four, and episode two for me is a two, and overall, I think yeah, it's got probably a slap bang in the middle of a three. Yeah. Three, five. Yeah. Garbage. Yeah. Well, episode two is really garbage. Like yeah. I say, I don't think episode one I is liked, I that liked bad. The first fifteen minutes of episode one. Okay. And then well, after um... that, it, I just was like, I was just struggling <laughs> to just really understand or why. So yeah. I was like, yeah, if it, I, was, I was like, you know, I can't go mad at it if it's based on if it's actually sort of true to the original source. I can't be upset with it, and I can't say, oh, maybe Bob. Barbie should be rescued here and stuff like that. But like, because that's not the original text. But I don't think it even comes close to it if episode two is anything to go by because it yeah. is terrible. Yeah, yeah. Like you say, actually, be interesting to know how close it matches the source material and whether the source material kind of has elements of that and someone just took a lot of artistic liberties. Mm. Um, oh, they took liberties, all right. They took a left arm. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, I can't recommend it. 
I really can't. No, I can't either. I mean, I'd recommend it just to laugh at it. (laughs) I'd laugh, especially laugh at how the cover art for it, for Barbie Stock 1, and look at Barbie in that. Yeah. And then just go straight to episode 2 and be like, what the deuce is going on here? Yeah, Yeah. I think it's it's a good example of, obviously, some someone influencing some external forces influencing the writing and yeah. what, a dr- what a dramatic effect it can have on quality on everything so uh, yeah, yeah. Right, so our second review today is Explorer Woman Ray. Uh, This was a two-episode OVA from 1989, based on a manga by Takeshi Okazaki. Episode one was directed by Hiroki Hayashi, and episode two by Haruhisa Okamoto and Masato Sato, and it was produced by AIC and Animate. Uh, As I said before, released by CPM on VHS in the 90s, but not had a license since. So, brief synopsis taken from Anime News Network. Professor and archaeologist Reina Kazuki holds an ancient artifact of the Ords given to her by her grandfather to protect. Two young girls, Mai and Mami, try to steal it from her in the hopes that the artifact will lead them to treasure. But Rig, a man who used to work with her grandfather, is also trying to get his hands on it. Knowing the artifact actually holds the key to the ancient power of the Ords, a power of the light that not even the ancient people could control. So here we go. Indiana Jones Ray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit tired, isn't it? It is. See, I kind of had good memories of this watching it back in the 90s, but then, of course, I'd have seen a lot less anime when mm. I watched it back then. And in those 20 years, it hasn't aged very well. I was quite looking forward to seeing it again, but I was kind of like, oh, dear. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, it is kind of like, I mean, it is a very big kind of blatant rip off of Indiana Jones, isn't it? Where you had all the Indiana Jones films through the 80s and this came sort of soon afterwards. Yeah. The influences are very obvious from the beginning because Reeg Vader is, he's a Nazi archaeologist, isn't yeah. he, basically? He's got yeah. the white he's hat. He's even got the white... German name. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got the white, was it, a fedora white. and... yeah coat like, and everything yeah grey so. white blue isn't it it's like yeah this, yeah it's, it's all very like high and mighty siege he doesn't get his hands dirty sort of thing yeah um he's just there for the power and i think the story really this ancient power thing i think even in 1989 i think was a pretty old hat thing do you know yeah. what i mean and it feels even more sort of tired now mm. yeah it definitely feels more tired now um I'm just trying to think, what was the last thing that sort of capitalised on an ancient civilization thing, apart from Tomb Raider? Well, I say, there's been the whole Tomb Raider thing for since yeah. PlayStation 1 days, isn't there? Yeah. And that's been, been, it's been rebooted and rebooted and rebooted. Yeah, and it never really works. No. Um, especially what... when they try to get really weird with it. Like, uh, what was the latest Indiana Jones one? They were like, aliens! Oh, yeah, yes. And you're Crystal, like, oh, Crystal Skull. Yeah, yeah, Crystal Skull, stop now. That's far enough there, criminal scum. And then you had that Nicolas Cage thing. Nash, was it called National, National Treasure? National Treasure, yeah. yeah you know, all that sort of thing. You know, I mean, the it's church! Something... <laughs> you know, it's been, even in, in the 20 years 
well, even in the 30 years since this was written, you know, it's continued to churn out. They still keep talking about making Indy 5. So, yeah, they can you burn. know, it's... Um, it's The casting for Crystal Skull was some of the worst I've ever seen. <laughs> it was a bit of a shame, that film. After, after on what was ending on quite a high, I think, with Last Crusade, which was... A, Last Crusade was great. You know, to, to go back, you know, have that gap in time and then do Kingdom of the Crystal Skull... Yeah, I know. And then be like, trust me, mate. (laughs) Aliens! (laughs) Yeah. Indy surviving a nuclear explosion in a freezer. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of. Yes, yeah. Anyway, we're talking about a shoddy OBA from the late 80s. So. uh... We are. (laughs) I mean, there's just. Again, like episode two of. Stock. There just isn't really a lot to recommend about it. The characters are really one-dimensional. The twins, May and Mammy, feel like I know it's a car. I know we're reviewing animation, but they feel really children's cartoony, and they kind of feel a bit at odds with the rest with the cast, which is quite dark. Because um, as Professor Irony discussed with me, Ray is a horrible woman. Yeah, she's bitter. Yeah, and so those two characters feel really out of sorts with the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, you could literally replace them with two loyal dogs. Yeah. You, literally, yeah. The characters could be dogs. Yeah. And because it's anime, they could be talking dogs. <laughs> and I'd be like, all oh, right, well, we're, I mean, I'm not going to think much of it since we're looking at the old ancient power of the Ords. Yeah. And it's weird because they're, they're kind of like the rest of their entire bumbling existence through this two this two series of OVA is like their first five minutes on screen, they seem capable. Yeah. And yeah, the yeah, rest yeah. Of it, like, you're, you're like, oh, okay, so these are your, like, your sort so of activator characters. Like, yeah. Um, they're enablers. Um, and to some extent, they do fulfill that. But most of the time, after that first sequence where they they prove themselves more than capable of looking after themselves, not by sheer coincidence, the rest of it just falls to sheer coincidence and bumbling idiocracy. Yeah, and they're constantly uh, getting caught by the bad guys. Yeah, constantly putting constantly like and like because they, they, because they're like, oh, we need to. Ray has done nothing for us, but no reason at all. We need to be putting her first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and every time, oh shoot, look at us small children <laughs> becoming fodder for the, the main villain to use as as, as blackmail uh, because Ray's got some modicum of a conscience where she doesn't really at all. Um, she's like, I care not for them. And then he's like, they're your students from your university. I'm like, she's clearly not running. Yeah. Um, and she's like, oh, bugger. Guess I better look after them. Yeah. So, um, I know it's kind of strange because yeah, that, that relationship doesn't work at all. It doesn't work at all. It just it never feels it doesn't feel any, in any way natural. It doesn't. No. I don't know. Yeah, it just doesn't work. Because again, a bit like Bavi Stock. I know the first episode is slightly better. Is a bit better than the second. Yeah. Um, but you can again kind of feel that it's directed by someone else. And the other thing as well with this change in creative staff between the first and the second one. Is that actually the plot of episode two is exactly the plot of episode one? Yeah, um, but with more lights. Yeah, but with more light. Yeah, because the sequence, I, Maya, Mammy, search for Ray. They get into trouble. 
Ray goes after Reeg. Ray has several exchanges with Reeg about the missing grandfather. They go into a temple, they power up the light, the temple collapses, lots of talk about power that should never be used, and then they both go on their separate ways at the end. That is the plot of both episodes. Almost, yeah. like, within the 27 minutes of screen time, almost pacing-wise, they're identical. Yeah, and it makes no sense, the end of the second one, either. No. Like, not even, like, like even the, the last, the entire last sequence is just ridiculous. Like, yeah. like she's not put in danger at all. No. So you're, not, you're not in suspense at all. Like, she's like, I'll end this. I'll end this all again, like last time. And he's like, you wouldn't. She clearly would. She clearly would because she hates you, Reeg. Yeah. Like, and she's got no reason not to. Like, her, her entire <laughs> existence has been to stop you from doing exactly what you're about to do. Yeah. And he's like, you wouldn't. And then doesn't try to stop her. Yeah, and yeah. Lets her, lets her do it, and he's just like, "Ah, oh, you've gone and ruined my whole life's work." Uh, that's not <laughs> what your father would have wanted. And she's like, "How would you know what my father would have wanted?" And then that's never cleared up. Like, no, no, that's another thing. So, um, yeah, and this is why I kind of picked these two OVAs together because there's a lot of similarities here. In episode one, which in some ways you know, has decent pacing like you say, as a decent opening scene, sets a load of stuff up, which is then completely not resolved or answered in episode two. Mm. So I mean, what I can, can figure out, or from what I can find out, I should say, is that there is more to the manga than what's animated. Mm. So I don't know after episode two whether they planned to make some more, but it was just so crap that it was like, no, we're just going to call it a day there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Again, it's just kind of like got no story, you know. No, it doesn't. Like, it, I mean, your your plot device is delivered to Ray, isn't it? Yeah. By by, by the twins. Yeah, exactly. The, um, the, the that sort of stone thing. Yeah. That jewel stone thing. The, the stone tablet. Yeah. And for only a short while, is it fought over? Yeah. Uh, and then the second one leaves you wondering why that was even necessary, when. There was just a giant one in that temple roof anyway. Anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it just doesn't and, make sense. Yeah, there's like it's like they were like, well, the Raiders of the Lost Ark has got the Lost Ark. Yeah. What's our Lost Ark? Yeah. You know, and like maybe one more try. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of what they could do, they could have done. You know what would have really made the last scene super interesting, and sort of a lot better. It's having it's having the father. Reappear. Come in, yeah, yeah, come in. Like have it, but like build it up a lot better. Yeah. Um, and have him come in like he's been like, you know, researching all of this for years and saying that they're both wrong. Yeah, because a lot's made of the grandfather. Huge yeah. amount. They constantly go on about it. Yeah. And they have both some them. Quite, both yeah. Them. Some quite long discussions about him. Yeah. But, like yeah, most of their interactions actually. It would be interesting if I go back through it and find out just how many times, the, every time they have an interaction, the, the father's mentioned. I wonder how many times that is. Because it feels like every time they have an interaction, she's just like, well, my father. And he's like, well, your father. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you get the one that... sort of flashback of him wandering off at some point in episode two. But again, no, yeah. no further explanation or anything, is there? Yeah. So. <laughs> 
Yeah. It's like, you betrayed him. How? How did he betray him? <laughs> what did he do? Please, for the love of God, tell me what he did. <laughs> I mean, because the, the other thing as well, for an OVA like this, the action should be its main selling point. Yeah, yeah. yeah? I mean, it should be, you know, the whole the whole thing about it. It should be an entertaining action romp. And apart from the opening scene where those guys are chasing the twins on the train, yeah, um, it like which is quite entertaining. It's a good opening scene. It kind of yeah. really goes downhill from there. Oh, horribly! You know, it's mm. uh, it's really. Um... How do they know about it on the train? How do they know that? Like, why are they? Why are the? Uh, why is Reeg surprised to see the two twins yeah. when he's obviously they're obviously his men? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because actually, there's a lot more. It implies there's a lot more history between them and Ray. Yeah, I don't know. There's... It should have been about them too. Yeah, it should have been about them. Screw Ray. Yeah. She's bloody useless. Well, I, you know, again, this is another one of the things. Like, there's no one to root for. Yeah. In this OVA, Ray, you should be rooting for her, but as we said, she's horrible. Yeah, she's unlikable. And she's unlikable, so you don't root for her. And the twins are annoying, so. Yeah, the twins suddenly become annoying and and. Like it's like as soon as Ray comes into the the mix, they're just like ah doi <laughs> ah fulfill like Tweedledee and Tweedledum roles yeah. rather than the activists yeah. they were like oh like they knew they saw the car they saw the whole rip off uh, and showing <laughs> it but the train's about to get raided and all that's going on it was like oh man action sequence so they knew they were active they like yeah. they reacted quickly they knew what they had to do. Uh, and they thought on their feet to get out of that mess. So why suddenly do they, as soon as they meet Ray, they become these submissives yeah. that purely exist to get into trouble? Yeah, yeah. And be in distress and be and distractions just, from Ray's mission. Like, yeah, just cause a load of grief. Yeah, it's so dumb. And the other thing that doesn't help as well um, is that um, Riggs has the most useless team of henchmen ever. Because he has this big goon who's enormous, but is overpowered really easily. Yeah. Um, he's just like a complete waste of muscle. And then the smaller guys are much handier, but kind of aren't very loyal. Yeah. So um, he's on a, a really... he's on a he's on a loser to start with, isn't he? Yeah, he really is, and he doesn't seem to want to reprimand it at all. <laughs> no, I know. Despite his mission, and like. It's like, well, I mean, that might be... It's technically true to character then at the very end when he's just like, I'm not going to do anything about this situation where you're yeah. going to crush my hopes and lifelong dream. <laughs> yeah, because when they're going off their separate ways at the end, it's just... It's just not an ending either. I mean, it just... Yeah. How kind they of, survive? Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, they get crushed by 100 million tonnes of rock because um, yeah. a whole mountain range kind of collapses on them. Yeah, ma- like a ma- basically a mile underground. Yeah. Despite and they just the fact walk out. that the Ords were said to have built their, <laughs> uh, their civilizations high up on yeah. the Yeah. Miles underground, we find another one of these temples. A lot more high-tech than that. Yeah, I was going to say, it like, uh, seems to be amazingly high-tech for yeah. such an ancient civilization. Metal doors. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, robotic arms. Yeah, yeah, robotic arms. I think those were the... No, they weren't those, theirs, were they? No. They were actually part of the structure. Yeah, bloody yeah. hell. So no con- continuity in that sense. No, so, no. Um, and then, like, when everything caves in on itself, she emerges from the... Ro- like, he's already out, and he's already half a mile away from the rock. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and she's, she, she emerges from it like she was only five centimetres underground. 
yeah. It's like, oh, sweet Jesus. Yeah, it's just odd. It's just terribly written. You know, there's just kind of nothing to recommend it. Again, like episode two of Babby Stock, the animation is poor. In both episodes, you know, it hasn't even got decent, sort of nice quality, nice 80s OVA animation quality in it. Um, it's got really sort of crappy 80s video game background music. Yeah. For the background music in it. I mean, there's it's just nothing to recommend it in this. No. It's a real oddity, I think, you know. Yeah, it is one of those. It is the classic, the obscure, and this yeah. is it not? It is certainly uh, the obscure and the forgotten. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is terrible. It is just bad. Um, yeah. There's nothing. There's barely anything redeeming about it. No. Uh, maybe in maybe there's the only thing slightly redeeming about it is the uh, final animation quality, which isn't half bad when they're actually in the final like standoff. Yeah. The light, the the the, the light, the, the light show and like explosions and stuff like that and. Yeah, I guess yeah. So some of that's okay. Stuff, that's like yeah. that's that's hard to do. I can appreciate the skill and time yeah. that the like demolition of the temples and things like that. That's where the budget went. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, I guess I guess those bits are okay. But I mean, on the whole, I mean, it's just yeah, no, average looking. Yeah. yeah, because it, what is what is a temple disintegrating around me when uh, the, so are all the main characters' personalities. <laughs> And I really have nothing to weigh it up against. I'm like, I I feel like maybe this should be a big deal. Uh, yeah. Like let's when at the end when she just nonchalantly kicks the one thing that's the memory of her <laughs> grandfather, yeah, of her, of, her, of her dad or her is it grandfather? Or... I think it's grandfather, yeah. Grandfather, the memory of her grandfather like out of the helicopter and that's gone forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, like again, like it's nothing. And then um. Suddenly, in the next episode, they're like, "Well, shit, we need another prop device." <laughs> <laughs> and they go, "What about a jade necklace?" We'll say yeah, that. We'll say yeah. that Rig Vader himself gave it to her when she was just a little dote. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. It doesn't, and it doesn't. None of it rings true as <laughs> continuity at all. It's because he's up high, like, and yeah. he's, so he got the high ground on her, so it's just like, I hold all the cards in my hand, but do you recall when I gave you that jade necklace all yeah. those years ago? And she's like, yes, of course, I'm going to need it in 30 minutes. <laughs> and he's like, well, ha ha ha, disappears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the writing's all over the place in it, it really is, it is, it is all over the place. Um, I'd say they just keep returning in episode two they just churn out all the ideas that they've used there's no there's no originality or anything in episode two I mean it's kind of really bad for that yeah um, and that's and you know really but within about five or six minutes of the you know the 27 odd minutes of runtime, you, you you figure that out and you're thinking oh actually this feels really familiar yeah it's um, literally the two and, twins hunting down Kai uh, yeah. again and then murder yeah. yeah. So you kind of you just start switching off through episode two. Yeah. Yeah. So a three out of ten. Yeah. Know. And it's such a waste. It's got a good premise. They could have done something quite good with it, but yeah. um they didn't. So Lou so what would you give it out of ten? Uh about a three. Yeah. I think it is. I think it's a three out of ten, isn't it? It's just yeah. it's just not good. It's no, it's garbage. Is what it yeah. is. It's, it's terrible. It's um, yeah, different direction, different main characters, uh, a bit more, 
bit more drive through the story without actually having the most shallow, undeveloped character relationships known to man. Uh, I think the most likable person is the uh, the leader of the workforce. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's the, he is the most likable character. Yeah. The one that isn't a very loyal henchman. Yeah, yeah. And you could tend like there would have been space there for a potential like sort of love interest with him going after her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like, yeah, her, you're right. Actually, like, yeah. Because he's like he's a more understanding sort of mobster. He's yeah. doing it to get paid. Yeah. But he has these jabs at her. Yeah. That never go. She never addresses. Yeah. So there's yeah. no relationship because there's no relationship there. <laughs> so he's like constantly throwing jabs out, and she's just like, yeah, chalkboarding him. So th- there's no development between them two, like they no. have a history or anything else. Or maybe they, maybe they did arch- grew up together through archaeology, and she took the path with her grandfather, and he took the path with uh, Nazi hit- Hitler. Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that doesn't happen. Like, no. Like, it's, just, it's just him being sound in the end. That's all it boils yeah. down to. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, there was potential there, but, um, yeah. but yeah, nothing that was used. Yeah, so I think that really wraps up the review for Explorer Woman Ray, I think, Lewis, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I don't think there's much more to say about that. No. Average to terrible through and through. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that's the end of the drivel that we've reviewing in this episode. Next time, we're going to go way back into Toei Animation's back catalogue of classic films with reviews of Haku Jardin and Anjoto Shuzio Maru. So a couple of... Well, that's, of... if that's not a mouthful, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, so going back sort of the 40, 50 year mark into sort of classic Toei's, we'll, uh, we'll see what anime was like back in the... Back in the 50s and early 60s. Oh, blimey. Okay, so, where to find us? Uh, find us on Twitter, at RetroAnime. Find the podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, Overcast FM, CastBox, PocketCast, Podcast Addict, and most podcast hosting services. Just search for RetroAnime Podcast. Check out our website, RetroAnimePodcast.com. You can email us directly ian at retroanimepodcast.com and I'm quite active on the Anime UK News Forums where my username is organ so you can find me there. Right, that's the end. So uh, I had a bit of fun with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always nice to berate some terrible anime. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, especially into the ground and just be very <laughs> brutal about it. And 100%, you know, if you love this anime, you're entitled to be wrong. Um, and that's the beauty of it. So, <laughs> and on that, that bombshell, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's about it. No, um, if we don't, like you know, obviously we never see you guys. But if uh, you guys and girls are not going to hear from us until after Christmas potentially, so have a good one. Yes, we'll see you all real soon, and we'll see you in the new year. Yeah, bye, Lewis. Bye now. Bye, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs>